I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, Joe. Oh, I miss you guys too. It makes sense because I haven't seen you guys in years and years. I I bet that's been tough for you. (laughs) It has been really, really tough. I'm a big smell person, so I really God. wish that I could smell you guys. No, I haven't had a shower this morning, so. Oh, maybe that's better. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? All right, well, well I'll back announce that. That sounds good. Well, Welcome. I see it. <laughs> what are you doing, Joe? Come on. <laughs> We were just going straight through. That was like an actual bit. <laughs> no, just, just wait up. All right. <laughs> Welcome to I Miss You, Man. I'm here with my friend Dylan once again. Dylan, what's the show about? Lonnie, we miss each other. That's why we started this podcast, so we can talk to each other more and take people and each other through journeys every week. And that could be anything, Lonnie. It could be life, pop culture, everything in between. That sounds like an interesting podcast to me. I, I think someone in your life recently described it as funny and informative, which I yeah. think is pretty accurate. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> and even better this week, we are joined by a special guest, Joe Lyon. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's, uh, I'm very excited to be on this fabulous podcast. And you're right, it is just such a treat for so many of our family and friends and <laughs> maybe one day in the greater community. Now, Joe, could you tell us a bit about yourself? So my name is Johanna uh, Lyon and I am a cabaret comedian. So that kind of means um, I sometimes keep my clothes on while singing a song. Um, <laughs> I, I always keep my clothes on. Um, so I do kind of um, cheeky Rubby, um, but also kind of soul bearing. So you get a, maybe a balance if you come to see a show. And that's just what I do. What do you guys do? This. This is our podcast. Oh. This is our life, Joe. <laughs> Not quite as exciting, and we always have a clothes on. So, mm-hmm. well, speak for yourself. Just switch it up, and maybe uh, <laughs> the, the viewership would expand. Maybe that's holding us back. You're right. <laughs> yeah, clothes are holding us back. Now, Joe, it's your turn this week to take us through a a, a journey. So what are you going to do? What are you going to take us through? So a few months ago, a mate asked me, he was like, uh, what is something that you're obsessed with that you wish the entire world was also obsessed with? (laughs) And there was answers around the group of, um, you know, uh, Little Mix, uh, the very popular uh, UK girl band mm-hmm. and there was also answers of you know um the movies of errol flynn and and then i was like well, you know what it's eurovision to me eurovision the um very very popular european song contest that also now includes australia oh. have you guys heard of of this before yeah i heard of eurovision yeah for yeah. sure You're in? I've, um, I've heard of it but i haven't really ever watched it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have you watched any of australia's um 
Yeah, I saw um, I saw Kate Miller high keys. Oh wow, that was big high note at the end. It was, it was mm. pretty, pretty ethereal. Well, you know what? I'm here to give you a little bit more information. If you're interested, you know. If you're not, sorry. <laughs> so here <laughs> is a, just a quick little rundown. We're going to talk about some of the history. We're going to talk about some of the very notable contestants that are very famous. Uh, some of the some very uh, rules and the controversies also. Oh. Uh, which are very, very interesting in my mind. So Eurovision started around 1956. They started in um, World War, after World War II uh, just because everyone was really separated, uh, fair enough, after a war, mm. and they brought people together. They do it through the power of music. Now uh, there's 43 countries in this 2021 Eurovision because 2020 was actually... Um, Cancelled. The only Eurovision to be cancelled. So oh, they uh, are coming all back. <laughs> I actually don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are, yeah, they're bringing 43 countries back together. Now, a fairly recent movie has come about. I'm not sure if um, many of our readers, listenership has heard, um, with starring Will Ferrell. Have you guys um, frequented this movie? I've heard of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it exists, mm-hmm. but uh, Will Ferrell's a bit hit or miss for me. So, <gasps> I, I, we're, we're here to chat about that. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to put Will on blast. <laughs> no, he's all right. He's all right. Good hair in the movie, um, but I'm not sure about that accent. Uh, but I did appreciate. Uh, who was the other? Who was the lady in it? Um, it's Rachel McAdams, Rachel isn't it? Adams, mm. Yeah, right. I haven't seen the film, but I, I watched the clip you sent us, Joe, and I really liked that. Good. That one's uh, of a particular scene in the movie called the Song Along, and it's basically just like a mashup of all these fabulous songs that may have won Eurovision. But the best part about that whole clip is that they've got about four or five past winners of Eurovision in the audience, which is oh. just my own special... Easter egg. That's cool. Um, so I like you've that. got some of my favourite. There's um, when you watch the movie, you might see someone playing a piano uh, in the middle. Salvador, he won in 2017 with a song that is entirely in Portuguese. Very impressive there. Also mm. in that clip, if you do watch it, um, Loreen, my favourite, uh, she won in 2012 with something called Euphoria. And if you ever just on a you know, huge road trip. And you need a good little wake up, tap on euphoria because that is, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's quite euphoric. Uh, you got Netta, <laughs> the, Netta won in 2018 from Israel and her song was called Toy. And finally, but also there's more, Conchita Verst. She was extremely famous. Um, she won in 2014 with Rise Like a Phoenix. Now Conchita is the fabulous um, queer performer who performs with a beard and um and she was kind of uh, revolutionary for Eurovision. Have you guys seen of this lady before, Conchita Verst? Uh, yeah. No, I only saw her in that clip that you said. Yes, yes, <laughs> so glamorous. See, the thing with, with Eurovision for me, Joe, is that I, I kind of see maybe one highlight every year mm. and you just see like, you know, a 30-second clip on the news or on, on YouTube or something. And so my, my knowledge is very potted in that sense. It's just... Yeah, now there's more crazy shit happening in Europe this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very, very, um, yeah, it, it all adds to it because there is a lot of politics that comes into Eurovision. 
uh, which right. is actually in the rules. They have a strict um, apolitic um, uh, message. Mm-hmm. So you aren't really supposed to talk about politics in Eurovision, uh, but it doesn't stop people, <laughs> which um, I will move on to now. So when, uh, when the whole Ukrainian-Russian, um, well, whole, whole few decades kind of ex- exploded, uh, there was a few uh, moments in Eurovision history that get a bit hairy uh, it is a bit culty, uh, we're thinking before the whole of Eurovision, uh, when you were saying, you know, you only see little parts of it and there's a whole there's a whole community out there that just goes hard and um, <laughs> me and my sister are, are really part of it. So in, um, in I think it was 2014, um, the, there was two Russian sisters and they had one Eurovision kids because that also exists. Uh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They had one Eurovision kids the year before, <laughs> and so they came to um, they came to represent Russia. They were sixteen years old, and because of the tensions that Russia had, uh, you know, uh, been involved in in Europe around that time, um, they were booed. And no. I want to ask your opinion, my friends here. Do you think that is right? That a people person, an artist, would be you know chastised for just because of where their nationality is. No, of course not. Absolutely not. It's not their fault. No, that's pretty rough, isn't it? Is that, is that also kind of part of the theatre of Eurovision? Well, perhaps. It's a massive party culture and people are extremely proud of, you know, where they're from. But I just think, bit, bit dogging. Bit dogging to, um, <laughs> bit dogging to, um, to boo these 16-year-old girls. And in such a, it's yeah. like the arena is filled with like, you know, tens of thousands and 157 million people watch live because it's, you know, over Jeez. so many countries. Anyway, so I thought that was a bit, a bit jogging. So they get in trouble for what like Putin's doing. That, that seems rough, doesn't That's it? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, in 2017, the Russian candidate um, couldn't get into Israel. Uh, or was it somewhere else? Anyway, she couldn't um, get a visa because she had previously violated a visa, um, which is kind of like, you know, that's maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. However, so that Russia wasn't allowed to compete that year and that was the first year in mm. 20 years. So things have um, been rather hairy, as I was saying, in between those countries. Um, you know, life as in competition, mm. uh, which was interesting because in 2016, the song that won was um, called 1944. And Jamala, this fabulous singer, uh, I can't remember where she was from. Um, maybe that was Israel. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was there the next year, because they go to the place of winning oh. the next year. But the host country is who won last year. So fingers crossed that Australia do, do win, uh, because <laughs> that would be a rather big uh, trip for everyone else. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be awesome. One year. Um, yeah, so Jamala sung a song in 1944 and it was about um, her ancestors and how poorly they were treated um, by um, Palestine. Um, so really, tensions are high. So mm. that kind of um, did break the apolitical rule and a lot of people were a bit, um, you know, miffed off about that. But, you know, here's a question to you. What, uh, where really would break the line? If it's about a story, got to be emotional, I think it would kind of, you know, 
cut down any, um, you know, songwritery mm. inspirations. You know what I mean? How do you feel about that? Well, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I kind of think that it's kind of strange to say that it's an apolitical um, event when the aim is for all the nations of Europe to get together and, and have fun and, and bring each other together because that seems like a very political thing to do. So is it almost like you can't do anything that's sort of controversial or is um, it's only going to be positive political messages like um, everyone's coming together, that sort of message, which kind of mm. that ignores the fact that there are tensions and there are dramas going on in the world. That's a really good point. Yeah, no, I, yeah I, I agree with that. It's, uh, yeah, as much as you try to avoid politics, uh, you just can't help it really. It's invading mm. everyone's lives. There's not much you yeah. can do, really. It is a bit of um, like just showing that we're all together rather than like actually figuring out our differences mm. and, you know, respecting people's histories and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you so can't just pretend that it's all going to be okay and then when you're having a dancing competition, a singing competition, <laughs> and then next week go and invade your country. Mm. That's right, that's right. Like when there's rhinestones involved, just you know, <laughs> forget about forget about all politics. Mm. So I thought we'd uh, chat a little bit about some of the notable contestants, some people who really um, who maybe used Eurovision and, and ran with it, and therefore had a lot of fame in the future. So you may have heard ABBA; they are from Eurovision. Waterloo won in 1974. Have you? Uh, were you aware, either of you, that ABBA was? From there. I was. I don't know about you, Dylan. Uh, what band is ABBA? <laughs> Come on. Nah, man. just gaming. Come on. Just gaming. Yeah. gaming. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's like the only one I do know pretty much. So that's, okay. uh, ABBA smashed it, basically. So, Joe, Eurovision. can you can you explain to me, Joe, how they sort of reached success outside of Eurovision? Because not many bands do. Well, I only know this from being a little bit of a, I'm oh, not really massive on ABBA, but hey, look, Australia was actually the first country to play ABBA on the radio. And so when we did, others followed. Okay. <laughs> so it was Molly Meldrum who did it. Okay. Yeah, we thank Molly. So ABBA, <laughs> they won in 1974 with Waterloo and then I think it was Radio Playing. And hey, now look, there are cover bands all around the world just messing up that fame entirely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're pretty good actually. Yeah, go on. And then... Um, <laughs> Celine Dion was also in um, 1989, I believe. Wow. She, um, she snatched it, but she was not representing um, Canada or even France. She was representing oh. Switzerland, of all places. Oh, How does that work? So if you have dual citizenship, like so many of our mates do, they can represent different countries. So I think there's been a few of Australia's voice um, the contestants, as in The Voice, Mm. who have gone and represented the different countries. And um, Olivia Newton-John has represented the UK in 19, the same year as ABBA, 1974. Oh. I know, right? So maybe she's got some kind of like double passport situation mm. where she can do that. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, um, I, what, uh, what country would you, if you could, represent for? Any any other ties to any European countries, uh, Dylan? Or like? Where are the houses from? Uh, oh. I think they were like uh, Vikings or something. <laughs> <laughs> like once upon a time. Okay. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps a bit of um, Icelandic uh, or is there another country uh, that would be particularly Viking orientated? Norway, maybe. Norway? Yeah, all right. All right. They can have maybe, me. Maybe you could do that. <laughs> Donna, yeah, go on. Donna, beautiful wig. Um, and then, right. Lonnie, what about your family? What, where would you like to... Well, I'm, I'm pretty much Irish, but where do the Irish come into it, Joe? Well, they actually do extremely well, the Irish. Mm-hmm. They have won Eurovision seven times, I believe. Oh, right. yeah. That's yeah, my people. That's correct. That's correct. There's one guy from Ireland. Um, his name is Johnny Logan, and he is the person to have won Eurovision at the most times. He's not just won it once, he's won it three times. You can do it more than once? What? Uh-huh, I know, amazing. Oh. Um, yeah, there's been several winners who have gotten twice, but he won it in 1980, in 87 and 92, so just think of that career. Right. Wow. What a dude. What a crooner. <laughs> <laughs> what a Great name too. Johnny Logan. Yeah, bloody oath. I know, it sounds a bit more like Die Hard or you know, yeah. mm. action flick. Um, yeah, so you've got the Olivia and Johns. You've also got Katrina and the Waves. Um, can you guess where what song they might be famous for? Does it sound familiar to either of you? No, I can't, not Katrina for me. Katrina and the Waves? Mm, I don't think so. How about if I say, I'm walking up time No. <laughs> How's that? Surely not. <laughs> Surely, yes, they are. <laughs> They uh, won in '97, not with that song, uh, but they should—they could have uh, with uh, with um, something else. Katrina and the Waves. I don't know where the hell they were from, but I mean, they did, they went back there after they won, obviously, because that's the only song Katrina and the Waves really have, I think. Yeah, jeez. Oh, one it wonders. One it wonders. Also, one it wonder. Tattoo. Sound familiar? Tattoo. Oh, what about the concept? Three. Yes. <laughs> I believe you're not a big fan of the old tattoo, uh, Lonnie, but that's a, that's a chat for another time. No, we'll leave that one for next time, Jack. <laughs> okay, good. I miss you, man, tattoo. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tattoo was a Russian um, duo and they um, they came out with a song uh, and it was, I don't think she said, oh, she said, right into my head. Is that something? <laughs> this no. was not a Eurovision song. This was like a So Fresh Hits 2003 me and my oh. sister just pounded like we just <laughs> we cranked it up to 11 on that one okay. anyway they were uh they were a duo that were pretending to be lovers but were actually sisters Ooh. <gasps> bit, bit weird bit weird indeed um they were one of those bands that dressed up in purely schoolgirl outfits and it was oh. definitely a product of its time um yeah so they won into that oh no they were just a contestant in 2003 Okay. But anyway, look that up for another um, viewing. Bonnie Tyler, 
was also uh, okay. a contestant for the UK, uh, as in fame of meatloaf fame, mm-hmm. um, Total Eclipse of the Heart. She oh, yeah. was in 2013. And finally, um, not no longer with us, Avicii, the very famous Swedish oh. DJ, mm. helped write um, Sweden's song with the dudes from ABBA in 2013 as well. Yeah. Right, so it's a real like breeding ground, isn't it, Jay? It is, and it's also like a place where you can come back and be celebrated. Like there's just legends who still write. And, um, yeah, it's it's a massive – it's the world's biggest stage. With 150 million viewers, mm. it's like the most watched contest in the world, which surprises people because the Super Bowl is very big too. In America, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, in some places. What do you guys watch um, that um, – that gets little coverage but, like, is really into your own heart, like your obsessions. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll just jump in. I, one thing this is reminding me of is Dylan's episode recently about um, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Given yeah. The, the pageantry, of course, uh. but also just the history of it because um, that was one thing I said about it. Like, I'm enjoying watching this wrestling you're showing me, Dylan, but if I want to get into this, this is like a 50-year history <laughs> and law that I have to learn and I guess you could just watch wrestling without knowing that, and you could just watch the new next Eurovision and just um, enjoy it for what it is. But I think mm. all that added knowledge, that sort of the hidden messages you wouldn't understand in the same way. Just enhances mm. it, yeah. Yeah, mm. well, I love that. Yeah, wrestling is very dramatic, and I've only really scraped the surface with my partner. He's a big fan. Goes to the events when they are on. Um, yeah, I just I want to know more about all the characters from wrestling. So, look, I'll have to do my do my homework and listen to that episode, Dylan. Oh, yeah, jump into it. And you, you've got a great wrestling name too, Joe. Joe Lyon. Is that a good one, do you think? Oh, bloody oath. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's short and sharp and it gets the job done. Yeah, and Lyon, you could, that could be your gimmick, like ferocious, yeah, you know. Yeah. Just lying down. That's what happens when you know, get the knockout. Oh, you just lying down. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, look, I will give you a, a tidbit more of these um, controversies because they are just where the meat of um, of my oh, yeah. comes in. Uh, when um, when Salvador, you guys talking about that guy who sung only in Portuguese? He was part of the Easter eggs of the movie. Yeah. Um, when he won, he was. Very, very uh, cheeky about it. He was very, very um, self-indulged about it. He said mm. that he was so excited that finally a song that was real music had won. Oh, <laughs> okay, mate. Okay. And he went Settle so down. far. I know. He went so far <laughs> to say that when the next winner won, he was disappointed it wasn't real music. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, I don't know about you, but um, this this um, it's a pop culture. It's a very poppy um mm. music. Mm. And to be honest, usually my you know interests in music are elsewhere. However, when things are just lit on fire on stage and there's a massive hamster wheel, or <laughs> <laughs> these are all real things. Um. My, my interest has peaked, so I don't know if you can be um, as artful and um, and braggy about that. So his name is Salvatore. Uh, but many things, many good things have also come out of Eurovision, uh, the way we select in Australia. Some people select uh, with just their local voice uh, winner of that year or, mm-hmm. you know, Australia's Got Talent of that year. 
However, mm. now we have something called Australia Decides. Very democratic. <laughs> uh, so every year the Gold Coast, well, for the last two years, we've had about eight kind of semi-finalists that perform and then we ring in like a televote just like the actual Eurovision. So the people who have won that in the past have been Montaigne, very um, cool mm. Australian kind of like indie gal who sadly did not get to perform last year, but she is uh, selected for 2021 which most countries will just use their 2020 representative and, you know, roll with that. If they want to change their song, they can. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how we decide. Um, there's been some great ones. Guy Sebastian got us the furthest. Oh, no, 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 he was fifth. Um, the <laughs> second. <laughs> there's so many good times. Dami Im, she was a, um, I think she was a Australia's what, talent. Does that sound familiar? I don't think she was Australia's Idol. I think, no, yeah, one of, one of them. Idol. No. One of them, for sure. Yeah, so she got us to second place, uh, which was in 2015. But other people to represent Australia have been, um, what's her face, Jess Nowboy, and, of course, oh. as you said, Lonnie Kate Miller-Heike, amazing operatic sensation. She's also from, um, I saw her husband the other day in Brisbane, her husband's from Toowoomba, where all three of us mm-hmm. I know. How proud are we? Um, yeah, so I just wanted to give you a little wrap on that. But lastly, for my controversy segment, I do have oh. something that um, really does blow me out of the water. So last year, well, two years ago, 2019, <laughs> there was an Icelandic group, and their name was Hatari. Now, Hatari described themselves as a techno-punk heavy metal BDSM group. Very, very interesting. This is something you watch if you're interested at home. Um, Now, these folks, uh, it was three dudes, and they um, had a song, and in Icelandic, uh, it translates to hate will prevail. (laughs) And included such lyrics as um, Europe will crumble, (laughs) life is meaningless, Uh, and at the end... Uh, where they kind of, uh, you know how like in telephone shows or uh, even like usual contests, they might be like, and call this number to vote for. Mm. So they have a big stage and it's all set up and they kind of show a bit of the of the of the of that country, you know, waving their flags. And these dudes, Hatari, were waving the Palestinian flag in Israel. Now, I don't know how Ooh. much you know about racial tension, obviously national, national tensions, uh, but... Israel and Palestine have had a very heated relationship for the last, oh, you know, a thousand years. <laughs> um, so they were, they weren't banned, but they were really on the line for it. You know, they cut straight away. It was very, um, a bit of a sore spot. That, um, that, that sounds a bit political to me, Joe. <laughs> very political, not at all apolitical. Eurovision, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they've opened up the, um, you know, the floodwaters to all things political. Mm. However, you know, when you hear lyrics like, you know, life is meaningless, hate will prevail. It's it's got to be satire. I don't know about you. How does that sound to you? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to hear it in the tone of the song. Oh, but, right. uh... I'll send you a link. We'll post a link in the description. <laughs> really going for the, the super villain vote there, aren't they? They really did. And look, the bad maybe boys. That was the way. It didn't pay off. They didn't even place. Oh, no. Uh, but they weren't banned. Don't worry about that. Uh, slap but on the wrist. Yeah. That is some of this, like, the big old, you know, Huge controversies. And now you guys know, and you know when you watch in 2021, 
all of the things that came before. But the reason I did want to talk about Eurovision, because like this podcast, I have someone I miss a lot as well. I miss my sister. Now, my sister lives in the UK um, and she's done, done so for the last seven or so years. And so when Eurovision comes around, it's just a time where we can, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> That's usually <laughs> her time. But, you know, really early out time and just rock out, impassionately talk about all these crazy, crazy um, outfits and, you know, stupid songs and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a time where I can just chat to my sister and, um, and that's my, maybe why we love it so much. Yeah, that's lovely. Love and that's that. my um, you know, PowerPoint presentation on Eurovision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you for indulging me. Dylan, do you have any questions? Um, if I have a statement, Joe, perhaps you should start your own podcast with your sister called I Miss You Sis. You know? oh, that's lovely. I mean, we do kind of have one, but it's just not streamed. It's just... You know, me chatting to her every day. She's, <laughs> she's, uh, she's in a very small uh, British kind of uh, village. And so we do chat every single day. It's quite nice. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah. I've got a question about Eurovision, Joe. Mm. You kind of alluded to it, but you confirm it's actually a vote over there, is it? That's correct. You can vote in Australia as well. Okay. So we, uh, you get all like the 20 or so the grand final people because there's a semi-final and there's a second semi-final because there's, you know, 43 countries. Uh, there are a top five. There are big five they're related to. Uh, they, they're, sorry, they're called. So that would be uh, the UK, Spain, Germany, uh, Italy, and then I think Australia now as well. So that's a top five. And they always, no matter what, always go into the grand final, which I think is a little uh, shunky. Um, so they've got, you know, they don't have to pass a semi-final. Mm. And then you can televote. So you can call in, you can vote online, and you can't vote for your own country. Oh, so that's okay. the general public vote. But there's also a jury vote. So a jury is made up of, like, all of Australia's industry professionals. So Richard Wilkins is in ours. Dickie. He knows his stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they also vote and they can give, I think it's 12 points, 10 points and 8 points. And then, you know, it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way down. So they can vote for up to 12 countries. Uh, and it's quite funny, with Brexit happening, the UK is very unpopular to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> you want out? We'll give you out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how the voting works. And usually they'll reveal all of the jury votes first, so the professional people. Mm. Okay. Um, they, uh, and then things dramatically change when they allow the public vote to happen. It always People might be in the lead, it might be Sweden in the lead, and then they release all the votes, they get counted, and they can jump all the way to you know, fifth or place. It's, it's, um, it's quite the landslide. It's interesting. Okay. Does it cost anything to vote? I believe if you vote on your phone, it's the usual 55 cents per text, you know, okay. you know from the old Australian Idol days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think if online, you can just go to your heart's content. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm, but thank you for your questions. <laughs> You're welcome, Jack. <laughs> anything you. What are we doing in there, though, really, Australia? 
Well, the thing is, we have such a passion for this. Um, well, you know, I do. Our, our nation has... Oh, it's your fault, is it? <laughs> you know what? I, if it's my fault, you're great. You're grateful. I am. Um, uh, so we are such big fans. SBS has been broadcasting Eurovision for like 20 years or longer, which is unheard of outside of the European countries. The US has just started broadcasting. So with us being so interested, um, you know, they, they let us they have us they let us have a bone years ago. Okay. And they let us um, perform at the intermission. And that was Jess Malboy's first uh, performance. And then they invited us to come and we were, you know, I'm so grateful, honestly. I am. But you're really European, very strange. I don't believe that Azerbaijan or Israel are counted as European. They are in the Middle East. Mm. Um, and so I think a few other countries are as well. So really, it's opened up now. European Eurovision more accepting than ever, just not of political views. <laughs> no, of course not. It's um something to do with having the like an equivalent SBS type channel, isn't it? Something like that. Yes, so perhaps mm. more of a world kind of interested or marketed channel. Yeah, but man, I love it. It's great. Check it out this year. You should. Well, I'm actually keen now. I don't know about you, Dylan. Oh, I'll give it a go. Why not? Yeah. Uh, my favourite thing to look up would easily be look up Romania and his name was Cesar. Now, Cesar's song was Ooh. It's My Life. And the best thing about this whole performance, it was in the time of dubstep. Dubstep was huge this time. <laughs> oh, no. 2013, it was raging large. Skrillex was our king with a terrible haircut. Now, Cesar um, had this great voice. He had his dubstep going on. But, boy, did he also have a fabulous tenor operatic voice going on. He was wearing, this is, it's just part, there's layers. There's layers of complexities to Eurovision, but it's all just showmanship. So Cesar, he starts to sing, it's dubstep, but then he launches into his operatic voice and his whole skirt and self just start to rise. And it's this beautiful, like, pyramid shape and his skirt is just like 20 meters long by this time he's standing up there belting up to the top of his voice and you know it just makes me question you know what are we doing on this life if we're not you know singing dubstep and opera at the same time (laughs) (laughs) it's quite a question it is quite a question but yeah if there's one thing you look up from this whole experience check out him and why not go and check out all of Australia's things too? I think we're pretty good at it. I think we, we will do. We'll, we'll do that, won't we, Dylan? Oh, yeah. You know it, mate. Oh, sure. sure. <laughs> and, Joe, given that you're a, a cabaret comedian, are you thinking maybe one day you might be lucky enough to go on Eurovision? Oh, God, no. I <laughs> They sometimes do, actually. Um, Rush's last year, they had some made five comedians um, write a song. And it was not bad, um, but they were all really hot as well, so they could pull it off. And they were really, um, they were really lycra things. <laughs> but like, wouldn't that? It would be amazing, but I don't see it in my future, sadly. Okay, well, at least you can appreciate the show. Oh, I really can. All right, anything else you want to say, anybody? It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, Joe. Just let us know when you want to come back. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much, Joe, for that. That was a really informative and funny episode of the show. <laughs> and in fact, you're doing this almost better than us. So oh, no. we'll have to get you back and so you can give us a proper show every now and then. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Joe. Uh, just before we go, Dylan, I just want to remind you and the listener that we have lots of social media outreach out there. Give us a follow, a like, um, 
on and not, not just us but also the <laughs> sorry i was trying to do a joke there but it didn't work out no i can go no no uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this no we're we'll committed now no no we're not finish the joke <laughs> And I also just want to thank uh, Mark Irons for our theme song. Maybe one day we'll see Mark up on Eurovision. What do you reckon, Dylan? Uh, it has to be, surely. And he'll <laughs> sing this song. <laughs> has to. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Miss you, Dylan. Miss you, Lonnie. Miss you, Joe. Miss you, guys. Miss you, Joe. Man, do I miss you? I miss you, man. I miss you. I miss you, man. Do I Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.